Welcome to another edition of the Get the Knack podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Knack, and I'm joined by my good friend. He's a big deal, big time bougie editor with popmatters.com. My old Navy buddy, Chris Ingalls. Chris, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Jerry? I'm doing well. Uh, I trust uh, from seeing all your social media posts and everything else that you are hunkered down, you're healthy, everybody's safe. Yeah, yeah, we're doing, excuse me, as I, <laughs> I don't have a fever, don't worry about yeah, it. Comedic timing. Uh, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing fine. Uh, everybody is a uh, wife, son, dog, cat, myself, we're all hunkered down. Uh, school is out, as you know, and uh, I think the biggest challenges right now are A, keeping a third grader entertained in the house with no school, uh, entertained and, and somewhat educated. And the other thing is, uh, as I'm sure you already read, I, I did, uh, uh, it's not as bad as it sounds, but I was, I've been temporarily furloughed because of uh, cutbacks in my, uh, by my employer. So uh, that's a little scary, but um, I have uh, several weeks of paid vacation time that I can burn through until this hopefully blows over. So um, overall, we're, we're doing okay, but it's a little, it's a little weird and uh, um, it's, well, it's weird for everybody though, in, to some degree. So I guess I'm not special in that regard, but we're, we're doing okay. Well, that's good. Did you get any snow? We have not gotten any snow, but, you know, around here, who knows? It's so unpredictable in New England. Um, the last snow that we got of any measure was, uh, like, mid-January. And it's funny. I was telling one of my neighbors, I was like, you know what? I kind of forgot that spring started because all of this started happening before spring, before winter was over. And so ever since then, we haven't really been keeping track of the days really that much, as much as we usually do. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second, it's April. You know, it's like we're in this haze. So it's like winter left and it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. And I remember thinking sort of in the back of my mind the other day, like, gee, I wonder if we're going to get any more snow. And I'm like, no, we probably won't. Central, <laughs> Central and Western New York got some snow in the last couple of days. That's yeah, why I asked. Like, I, okay, yeah, no, we didn't get any. Um, I want to say there was some in New Hampshire. I think a friend of mine who lives in New Hampshire said they got a little bit of it. But um, you know, in terms of any, it's probably not a lot of accumulation though. The New York snow that you're talking about, right? Right, right. Yeah, kind of, kind of near the Finger Lakes, and even in uh, my hometown of Rochester, got some snow. Uh, got a, that snow? No. <laughs> I live four hours from the snow. I can visit it whenever I want. I can send it a postcard. Um, you know, yeah, I, uh, no, I don't, I don't miss living in it. Uh, I kind of do miss, miss having four seasons. I wouldn't mind, um, you know, white Christmas. Uh, you know, we, we've had snow here twice, uh, where I live in December, but unfortunately a little too early for Christmas time. But um, we, we do have a lot to talk about, Chris. Um, I've had uh, some great guests on the last couple of weeks. Last week, I had my good friend Hayden from Australia on, and it was really interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, really interesting to kind of hear the difference, um, how they're handling it compared to how it was handled here in the States. Um, mm-hmm. They did a better job of flattening the curve and quashing it early, as did New yeah. Zealand, as opposed to, um, you know, uh, the, uh, the the basically black plague Europe that we got going on here, um, yeah, right, right. So, uh, and then uh, had a, a writer friend of mine, uh, Marie Tuhart, on who writes uh, erotic romance. We talked uh, talked about a lot of fun stuff a couple of weeks ago, but um, mm-hmm. you know, to mainly talking about how people are are coping in this mess, and you yeah. know, we always talk about the media coverage of such things, but. 
Um, obviously, uh, we have a fucknuts in the White House who absolutely does not know anything. His latest thing is he doesn't know the damn difference between virus and bacteria and wonders why antibiotics can't deal with the coronavirus because the coronavirus apparently has achieved consciousness and is at genius level now. <laughs> much, much like him, right? But, right. I, I don't understand... Um, you know, why he does not defer to his experts and why he doesn't let his experts talk. Um, he cuts them off. He tells them not to answer questions. Uh, his daily briefings are ratings grabs for him. The way he, the way he discusses it. We, we would, we would literally tune in to a box of hair that was on fire. If it had coronavirus information for us. Right. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I, the, the news that I, you know, it's funny that, that, one of the things that has been in the news cycle over the last few days are the reports that the estimates are not as uh, gloomy as the, the predictions were. Uh, you know, like originally they were saying X amount of people, there'd be deaths, and, and we're actually doing better than expected right now um, because of uh, people are practicing social distancing uh, more than they thought they would. I think the estimate was they were making predictions based on the fact that they figured about 50% of the population would be social distancing accordingly. And it turns out about 90% of the people are. So I think that's, that's good to know, but I'm concerned that people are going to see that as a sign to just go back to business as usual. And they, you know, I, it, it's just the opposite. I think that it, what that's showing is that what we're doing is, is good. So we should keep doing it. And that's why I'm really nervous that people are going to get this information. They're going to say, Oh, well then let's all like hang out together now and go back to work and everything like that. So, you know, the news is sort of optimistic, uh, but I, I'm worried that it's going to be too optimistic and people are going to fuck it up, you know, because people are stupid. Well, yeah, and the knee-jerk reaction is going to be, oh, it's not as bad as they, the models predict. Right, is right, not, right, right, you know, right. um, and we should all go back to work. Texas is already talking about easing um, yeah. restrictions. Florida, yeah, obviously. I think said something about going back to work. I forget what the date was, but they're getting ready to, yeah, screw it up. And on top of that, and it is Easter weekend, on top of that, uh, several states have uh, provided exemptions for religious services, and there are some uh, uh, Darwin Award candidates who are going to have big-time Easter services tomorrow um, with upwards of 2,000 parishioners in attendance. And all I have to say about this is that's the culling of the herd. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't... uh... I don't really, uh, I, I mean, there's nothing to say. I mean, it's just, it's people are being stupid because they think that they are going to be uh, protected by going to church when it's just, you know, this, this, uh, this virus doesn't really give a shit about that. <laughs> no. And their, their comment is, oh, I will be, you know, pr- protected by the Lord and God and, you know, mm-hmm. um, okay, no, you're not. And, you know, I'm not religious, and I'm I'm, right. I'm I'm halfway to being an atheist, but I have my reasons that I'm not completely yet. But anyway, uh, very agnostic, right? So organized religion and I do not get along. And, and this is another, you know, uh, arrow in the quiver of why I don't care for organized religion. Right. And, well, and you're perfectly, that's perfectly reasonable to say that because that's, that's, this is the kind of stuff that makes, you know, and, and I don't really have a, 
I'm kind of on, in, in, on your side in that sense, but I'm, 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 I'm a little bit, I, I'm kind of indifferent about organized religion, but um, I think that this is the kind of thing that, that, that makes, you know, there's reasons, this is one of the biggest reasons why people hate organized religion is because of the fact that people, they're not thinking clearly and they're not using common sense. And, you know, hey, they're going to be exposing themselves to it. And, you know, like you can call it calling another herd. And I don't know, maybe that's what it is. Uh, you know, if they want to get together and, you know, I mean, there's places in the country they were having uh, coronavirus parties, kind of like like these asinine chicken pox parties people have. Oh, let's get everybody sick and then we'll get over it and we'll have immunity to it. That's not how this shit works, especially. No, I don't know. All the, all the people that wanted to compare this to the flu. The flu doesn't put you in a respirator. The flu doesn't right. give you pneumonia, right? right. So, right. you know, it's a basic misunderstanding of, of science and, and how these things work. And um, everybody wants to say, you know, call it the Chinese virus, you know, all the racists in the world. Um, yeah. and, and the latest thing I saw today, which was really kind of funny and disturbing at the same time, um, Trump disputed something that the New York Times reported. They said that a lot of the cases in New York alone came from Europe, people who travel from Europe to... Um, now, we all know, you know, pretty much where this originated. However, he tweeted erroneously that the Times reported that they're saying that the virus originated in Europe as opposed to you know, what we've all, all been hearing. And it's like, no, you, you cherry picked something the times reported and you twisted it to your own end. Mm-hmm. And, and it's ridiculous because he, he, his supporters just eat this stuff up and take everything he says for the gospel. Yeah, right. Exactly. And it's scary because you can't, change these people's minds and no. it's it's all about and this is this is getting to you know i guess um uh, subject of the election but you know you can't really sway trump voters you know all you can do is get people who don't like him to vote <laughs> right right and here's great segue so yes uh this past week uh, bernie sanders or as i like to call him larry david um <laughs> basically uh, has suspended his campaign and, and has yeah. all but conceded uh, defeat to uh, uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, yeah. who I think is was all of our, uh, he was our, our 16th choice um, to, yeah. to be the, 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 yeah, right, to be the Democratic nominee for, the, for president. Um, you know, I think um, there's a lot of reasons why people rallied behind uh, Joe Biden, especially uh, kind of middle America, my my only comment really about Bernie Sanders is he supposedly speaks to young people. He speaks to the millennials and I guess what is it Gen Y now, um, right? Gen the next y, one, yeah, whatever's coming up behind millennials, and supposedly these are his supporters. These are his people. Only they don't get out and vote for his ass. Right, right, right. I don't understand. Yeah, I think that was a big that was a big problem is that the people who supported him, him, I think a large part of them weren't voting, and obviously that it kind of defeats the purpose. I, I you know, I think, and we've talked about this before. I mean, Warren was was always my first choice. I was I was very upset when you know things started you know not working out for her, and then she inevitably uh, dropped out. Um, I think that you know, in, in my opinion, in the thirty plus years that I've been. Uh, you know, voting. Uh, she is the smartest, most capable presidential uh, uh, contender. You know, in 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 
in our country. But um, having said that, I would have been perfectly happy to vote for Bernie Sanders. I mean, say what you will about the guy. I mean, he has his faults. I think his heart's in the right place. I think he has a lot of. Uh, I, I agree with his politics, and I think that he would he would have picked a fantastic cabinet. Um, so you know, it's it 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 really bothers me that you know he dropped out, and what we're left with is this you know this old guy, this old white guy who is really pretty out of touch um, with I think what a, what a lot of you know what we need in this country. And, uh, you know, what, what pisses me off more than that, though, is the people who uh, don't support Biden and are not going to support anybody. You know, the people who are who are far left or independent or whatever, and they say, well, I'm not voting for Biden because he's just as bad as Trump. And that's the thing that's so fucked up to say that he is just as bad as Trump. He's not great by any means, but to compare him to Trump is just bullshit. And, yeah, I agree um, with that. And the protest vote. Right. Know, and as I said, I think on a, on a comment on one of your posts, my, my problem with, with Bernie was never his his policies. I just I liked his policies and his ideas more than I liked him. Yeah, well, I, I think that, but I think that I think that what he would probably end up doing is is just you know picking a really good cabinet, picking you know probably picking a really good VP. And yeah, I mean, I think that just getting him in office would accomplish a lot of things without having to really accept him as a person. You know, just the idea of him being in office, I think, would have been a great thing. It would have been better to have Warren in. And to be honest with you, I, you know, it's interesting because I think didn't Biden say that he is definitely going to pick a female VP? He's like guaranteed yeah, that. He did say that. Yes. You so know, that's going to be. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot of great possibilities a lot of great choices he could make there mm-hmm. um you know when you look at the whole thing like i said biden's not my first choice uh i was a, a kamala harris fan and uh warren was my second choice um my my question is because of the low turnout for bernie do we need a civics lesson in this country for young people are is there a disservice being done in education on how our process works? Because it, it almost seems like the Bernie supporters just expected the DNC to hand him the nomination, that they didn't yeah. have to go out and vote in the primary. They didn't have to go out and, and um, you know, help him accumulate uh, delegates. Do they not know how this works? Yeah, I think, I think they, there was uh, among a lot of, uh, his supporters there was just this assumption when this wave started growing of support i think people just sort of thought okay well i've done my job uh he's going to get the nomination i think there was a I think there was an assumption among a lot of people that it was just it was a foregone conclusion and obviously that didn't happen and and now they're complaining about the fact that biden is the nominee well you know you gotta go out there and vote right um, and biden was left on the road for dead going into south carolina Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally wrote him off back in uh, in the early days of the primaries. I mean, it was really a, a you know, I thought it was either going to be Warren or, or, or Bernie easily. And, uh, you know, it was neither of them. So, I don't know. I mean, I I, I really still think that um, whoever he picks as a VP is going to be a really important choice because I think whoever that person is, is will hopefully be someone who is a lot more progressive than, than, than Biden, will bring in the, the progressive support. And uh, also, you have to understand. I mean, this whoever he picks as the VP, there's a very good chance if he wins that that person is going to finish. There's a chance that that person will finish Biden's term. I mean, either he won't seek re-election after the first term, 
or he might, you know, who knows, he might drop dead in the first term. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you have to keep these things in mind. I mean, what, you know, his age and everything like that. Can, I can't picture Biden doing two terms. I mean, he's going to be in his, what, mid-80s by the end of the second term? Well, Reagan was 108. <laughs> so, but the thing is, is, you remember when when Reagan was elected, everybody's like, oh, my God, he's like 68 years old or something. You know, half the people running in 2020 were in their 70s. So yeah. this is like we're way beyond Reagan right now. That's true. In terms of age. That's very but, true. Uh, yeah, I just I think that I just have a feeling that whoever the VP pick is going to be the extremely important pick because that person may very well set policy, bring in support that Biden didn't have and possibly even finish his term. You know, that's a that's a big deal. That could be you're looking at the next president after Biden possibly. So Well, and hopefully. Cuz we yeah. there's no way in hell we can ever put another Republican back in the White House. There's the they, wow. the entire party is poisoned. And what I'll what I'll say about Biden is and I think this is one of the reasons why I think so many people rallied behind him is they want that return to normalcy, professionalism, integrity and I, you know, I don't care who it was, whether it was going to be Biden, Sanders, Warren, Harris, Buttigieg, um, any of them, they were going to put a competent cabinet in place. I don't think because of what we have now. Okay. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think anybody who allowed Ben Carson to touch their brains needs to go have a second opinion. Okay, yeah. you know, and and DeVos and and Perry at Energy is he still there? I don't even know anymore. Um, uh, I think he is. Yeah. Yeah, he was talking about resigning at some point. Um, yeah. All these people that he has in his cabinet are 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 out of their depth, out of their field, have no business well, being not, in there. They're not, quali- they're no. not qualified. No. It's not just a matter of like disagreeing with their policies. He hires people who have next to no experience in some cases. Yeah. Or none at all. Or experience so, in a totally different field. Right, exactly. Yeah, let's hire a brain surgeon to be uh, housing and urban, urban development secretary because he's the only black guy I know. <laughs> and that's basically what it was. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. He so much as admitted that. Well, he didn't admit that he was the only one he knew, but I think that he, I don't know, I think that, I, you know, Ben Carson grew up in the project, so he's qualified to be, you know, if that's the case, get Jay-Z in there. You know? Right. Well, <laughs> well, you know, um, and and I, and, and too bad I blocked him because um, I, I seriously would love to know what Van Jones has to say about these, these daily briefings now after he, you know, after Trump's first, um, State of the Union came out and said, "Oh, he's presidential now." Yeah, um, yeah. When when Jones cried the night Hillary lost, um, yeah. actually cried crocodile tears, and and then, um, you know, he he was all about Trump when Kim Kardashian went to him with this this criminal justice reform bullshit, mm-hmm. and oh, he's, he's, he's done so much for criminal justice reform. No, he hasn't. He listened to one celebrity yeah. and got one person off. That's all he did. Okay? Yeah. So the last thing I wanted to talk about when it comes to this unbelievable snowpiercer train wreck of an administration is um, the hiring of Kaylee McEnany as the White House press secretary. Um, right. This there's only one person I think worse that he could have hired, and that would have been Tommy Lahren. Right, exactly. McEnany lives in an alternate universe. Yeah, yeah. I haven't really been reading up very much on on her, but I 
heard that she's you know completely out of her league and and very like got that sort of Tommy Laren sort of like you know uh, the the blonde with the with the you know dumb opinions and uh, yeah. Well, she's worse than Tommy in that at least Tommy's opinions are somewhat informed. They're they're okay. totally batshit crazy, but they're somewhat informed. Informed by somebody. Right. McEnany, you know, she's the one who came out and said Trump has never lied. So, right. you know, she was one of his, his surrogates in 2016. Um, hell, could have been surrogate in other ways for all we know. Um <laughs> God, I'm going to get nailed for slander or libel or whatever that is. Anyway, um, it, it's the worst possible choice, right? She's just absolutely horrible. She'll be worse than Smokey Eye Sanders. Um, Remember the good old days of Scaramucci? Scaramucci? Oh, yeah. Wow. All his he, God, he got fired before he officially took the job. Um, remember the good old days of Sean Spicer? audience for an inauguration period mm-hmm. yep i sure do i remember he did that that, that that emergency press conference like the day after the inauguration was on a saturday just a bitch about the reports about the inauguration audience and i remember watching that thinking oh my god it's gonna be a long four years yep because like, as much as we were just talking about how these candidates that you know the democrats would hire and and appoint the right folks remember when they were saying that about trump Remember when they were saying, oh, don't worry about him. He'll get the right people to do this. Yeah, yeah we see how that worked out. Yeah, well, and it was like almost immediate when they were talking about Because I think that right after, immediately after the election, they started talking about Steve Bannon's place in the administration. I'm thinking, this guy? Are you kidding me? Wow, they're really starting off on the wrong foot. And oh, yeah. They never, they never got on the right foot. No, no. And between Ivanka, Kushner, um and, and all these other cronies and corrupt and basically gangsters that he's hired uh, to be yeah. in his administration. Um, yeah, it's it's the train wreck that we all thought it would be. I mean, we, you know, I've been doing this podcast for four years now. And, you know, um, we uh, we talked about it leading up to it. And we knew we knew what was going to happen. And, of course, nobody listened to us. Nobody believed us. All 17 of our listeners. And, uh, you know, they, they elected him anyway. And we see where we are now. Now he wants to get rid of the post office as everybody is clamoring for mail by uh, vote by mail. Um, let's let's get rid of the post office while we're at it. Yep. So or the postal service. Um, so, you know, we follow each other on just about every social media platform uh, that we're on and uh, see what uh, what we got going on. Um and obviously, the challenge has been, as you alluded to at the top of the show, uh, you have to keep your uh, your grade school uh, son occupied during all of this. Mine is 13, so, uh, you know, he's Xboxing himself and PlayStationing himself silly. Um, now he's discovered Instagram Live and a bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah, and his, I hate to say it, but his school district was, uh, was a little bit behind the, behind the eight ball on uh, the, the whole distance learning thing. So, but, um, yeah, let's talk about some of the things that are, that people are doing. We've discovered TikTok around here. Um, <laughs> we're going to ruin it for the young people, just like we ruined Facebook and Snapchat and everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing is that a lot of kids, you know, Facebook isn't as popular with, with kids anymore. And I think it's because their parents are on it now. Absolutely. 
Facebook was the cool club that everybody liked to hang out at until your parents walked through the door. Right, right, exactly, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think, um, I, I, you know, it's, it's uh, we've been doing, you know, the best we can with uh, trying to balance, you know, keeping them keeping them occupied with fun things to do, but at the same time trying to incorporate some learning because the, the school is not very, they can't really, like, assign work. All they can do is just provide guidance. And so it's just been, it's kind of a struggle to not have a, have a structure that is actually like going to school, you know, like it's, it's just, it's, there's a lot of conflict, you know, with, with parents trying to, I'm not a homeschooler, I'm not a teacher. So it's just, it's, it sucks. Um, and there are a lot of distractions and, you know, I don't know how many times I've said, you know, I talked to my mom last week and I said, can you imagine if something like this was happening in the seventies when there was, Oh my God. I mean, it's, you know. And, and, you know, I swear to God, if he says one more time how bored he is, I'm like, you've got Netflix, you've got Disney Plus, you've got a, you've got a, a Nintendo Switch, you know, yeah, a, a room full of books. So it's just, it's it's hard to kind of like, uh, you know, and I understand, I understand the frustration. I understand his frustration. I understand everybody's frustration because nobody has dealt with this ever, really. And um, it's new territory. So we just have to keep ourselves occupied and like i said technology is very helpful we're doing a lot of facetime we're doing a lot of stuff with uh you know uh, the, the, now with the nintendo switch well i mean i guess this has been happening for a while but he can play online with his friends right uh, provided they have the same games and that and that helps but um he I, he misses hanging out with friends sure so do i i mean we all do yeah so we just you know we're doing the best we can but it's just like you know, it was originally supposed to be two weeks, then it was three weeks, and now they're basically, they haven't actually said this where I, you know, here, but in all likelihood, school's out for the, for the year. Which, they've already declared that here in uh, California, and... Yeah, in New, New York, they did too, I think. And, you know, one of the things that, and th- this I can't really wrap my head around, because, I don't know, just because of my own experience, and I know you had a different experience growing up as well. Uh, me, it was just kind of a personal thing. I didn't go to my senior prom. I went to my junior prom, but not my senior. Um, graduation was a weird experience for me. We won't get into that right now. Um, but, you know, you hear this a lot from folks is, you know, oh, they're missing out on this. They're missing out on, on this other thing. They, they, the time of their lives. Yeah. One, of, one of the things that I see, people are getting creative um, about, you know, trying to get give their their late teen, uh, some kind of, uh, experience, um, you know, whether it be, um, you know, something fun, something different, you know, that you see a lot of creativity on TikTok when it comes to, to this stuff. And, um, you know, people are, are rescheduling weddings and, um, you know, as I, as I mentioned, my friend in Australia put his off a year till next, till next May. Um, California has been a little more ahead of the curve, uh, when it comes to extending these protections, you know, we were, like you said, it was supposed to be two weeks and then it was three. Uh, we were one of the first that like pushed it out to the first week of May. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, that's where, that's technically, that's where we are right now. But, you know. Yeah. Else? So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, since you and I and our friends in Iceland invented binge watching oh so many years ago, um, yeah. and, and I will go to my grave saying that we did that, um, the, <laughs> I, I uh, found two series on one on Netflix and one on Amazon Prime set in Iceland. Yes, you have to read the screen, and my Icelandic is very rusty. Um, but uh, one is called The Valhalla Murders, and the other one is called Trapped. 
and uh, they're there's a very very small talent pool of of actors in Iceland, so there's oh, a lot of. Amazon Prime, is that what you said? I'm sorry. You know, one's on Netflix, one's on Prime, and okay. um, one is set uh, basically uh, in Reykjavik and uh, just north of Reykjavik. The other one is set um, on the east coast and the extreme north coast of Iceland, places that I never got to um, when we were there. Uh, I never had the the opportunity to go to Hoffen. Um but. Um, you know, the the furthest extreme I ever got to uh, was as far south as Vik. Um, but beyond that, uh, I mean, the series are great and uh, they're well acted, they're well well scripted. Um, you know, and it, and it's like being back there again. And then yeah. and then I found a, a book in a bookstore in uh, in Berkeley, a thriller that was set in Iceland, and uh, I, I had a few uh, brief interactions with the uh, with the author on Twitter. It was kind of neat. Um, and uh, so it kind of took me back to our, our Navy days uh, when we were stationed in Iceland. And yeah. uh, it was it's, it's interesting to see that type of thing coming out and, and uh, available to the world to see a, a small slice of life in that place. Well, I don't know if you remember this or not. I don't know if, I, if you remember me mentioning this uh, it's a few years ago. Um, I came across, well, I was reviewing for Pop Matters. We, we would do these singles reviews. I don't really do those so much anymore. But um, the music, there was this one. I forget the name of the band. I'd have to check it out. I don't think they were Icelandic, but I, th- I think they were maybe British. But the video, the music video for this song, I shit you not, was shot on the Navy base, the now abandoned Navy base. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's weird because they're uh, well, it's not abandoned. It's just not a base anymore. I think it's, right. I think it's like it's, it's like a town basically. But you know, the the, the singer or whatever is like lip syncing while like wandering through like like upper commissary housing and shit like that. It's the weirdest thing. I have to dig that up and, and send you a link because it's like so trippy to watch that. Um, but uh, anyway, got a little off track there. But uh, no, those shows are those shows are recommended. You say Valhalla murders and. Trapped. Trapped. Yep. Okay. And uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, they're like murder mystery type things. Uh, Trapped. There's two yeah. seasons of it, and uh, the Valhalla murders is a seems to be a limited run, and uh, you know the flawed detectives and you know yeah. that kind of thing. And there's there's a ton of stuff on on any and all of them, right? On Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Apple Plus, um, Apple TV Plus. I mean, there there's a ton of stuff to binge and watch. Uh, I haven't gotten to Ozark yet, but that's probably next. But yeah. the outsider on HBO, the sinner from USA. Um, great. Yeah. Um, there's other British detective shows. We got into uh, Marcella, uh, which is, which is really warped. Um, there's, there's just a lot of great stuff. You can always go back and watch Ripper street, which was four or five seasons worth the expanse, which is a science fiction thing on Amazon prime, which yeah, I thought was, was spectacular. I was talking to somebody about the expanse and they said, it's like, it's a little hard to follow or little, little, um, or, or, or am I mistaken? Or a little bit. Really it's like, there's some hard sci-fi. Yeah. There's some convoluted politics and, and that kind of thing. But is it, it is a, a, a pardon the pun expansive space opera. Eh. is the best way to describe it right I would, I would i would check i mean it's funny because it's like it's it sounds like it's one of those sci-fi things where you don't have to be into sci-fi necessarily right. like it because it's more of like a political story kind of like the remake of battlestar galactica um 
you know, a lot of people who would hate sci-fi love that show because it's it's really just like a political thriller kind of. And there's um, plenty of spacey action too, and you know, there there of course there's you know pew pew guns, but um, yeah, but the, the have, those. have to the outside the visuals right the space visuals of the ships and the planets and the, is spectacular the renderings the 3d renderings are amazing yeah and uh it's it's worth uh, worth a watch and several several actors and actresses uh that you would know and um you know it's um it's just really well done it started as a sci-fi thing and it was on for three years and then they bailed on it and amazon prime picked it up for a four season so the whole thing's on on Prime. Um, we've gotten into Gotham. I've I've seen a few episodes here and there, but mm-hmm. I never watched it all the way through. Yeah. So almost to the end of season two uh, with that one. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it's not DC Comics canon. However, it's infinitely entertaining. Um, you know, you know the characters. You know a lot of the stories if you're into comic books or superheroes, um, and it's a lot of fun. Um, there's just, for movies, I noticed that something you got in on right from the beginning. So a lot of movies, if they weren't delayed, like the new James Bond and the new, uh, uh, Morbius film with, uh, Jared Leto and some others got delayed. Um, what a lot of studios did was they released their films for streaming and some were already in the theater, like Invisible Man, but yep, some yep. released on streaming, and you got got in on that right away. Well, yeah, we um, the, there's a lot of animated stuff has been like the um, uh, the Pixar movie Onward is already has been on streaming for it's on Disney Plus now, and it was just in the theaters I think like maybe a month ago, and uh, and of course say what you will, but I happen to have a son who's a huge fan, and that's the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah, which is, which is pretty. I you know I'm not a. You know, I'm, it's not. It's it, that was after my time. That was after your time. So I was never into it as a kid. But he has discovered it and has been obsessed with it. And so he was very excited when the movie came out. We saw the movie, and of course, it's on streaming now, and we've seen it, I think, twice already at home. So it's kind of cool that they're doing that because it's like you know people can't watch them in the theater, so you just gotta you know you gotta make you know gotta make do. And um, I'm hoping. I don't know if there are plans for any other big. You said the Invisible Man one is streaming now, right? Yes, yes. Which did you have you seen that yet? Yeah, saw that in the theater right before all this happened, and I uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, Elizabeth, now, is that based on the Ralph Ellison? Is that what that is? It's uh, or loosely based on it. Loosely based, yeah. It's um, it, it, the technology is and how you create the Invisible Man is completely different. It's not a chemical thing. It's a it's an optical thing. Okay. Uh, but the the Invisible Man himself is no less insane. Right. So, and that's so Elizabeth Moss is in it. Elizabeth that, is Moss from Handmaid's Tale is in it, and <laughs> yep. um, yeah, I uh, thought it was a, a really interesting take on it, really different. Um, enjoyed it. Um, you know, um, I wrote about this in my my latest blog a little bit about how Universal tried this dark universe thing um, and rebooting all their their gothic monsters, and they started with the Mummy. Um, and it failed miserably because, you know, it, it's, it's forced, right? Yeah. The, the Marvel right. Cinematic Universe almost took off organically. If they planned it, great. And, you know, they, they, it was a masterstroke. Um, DC has failed miserably trying to copy it, now Universal. However, 
I, I started hearing really good things about the invisible man almost from the start of production. And right. um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's probably what the mummy should have been as far as quality goes. So, okay. um, you know, there's, there's, it's hard to fit Gothic horror into today's world. It really is. Um, you know, I would prefer them as period pieces, but um, I thought this was a pretty cool update and uh, using technology rather than chemistry was, was pretty cool. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So um, like you said, a lot of, a lot of stuff is uh, streaming and um, you know, these, stu- they, they can charge almost anything they want. You know, they're charging upwards uh, to $20 to, to own or, or rent or whatever. Um, right. You know, it's it's still less than what you're gonna pay at the theater for a family of four on a Friday night. Yeah, you factor in the food and everything. It's outrageous. Yeah, you throw in uh, you know a, a bag or two of microwave popcorn and drinks and and sit on your couch with your sixty inch TV. Um, mm-hmm. The quality's great. In a lot of cases, yeah. the quality's better on your television than a movie screen. You can pause it. You can pause it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you can rewind it. You can watch it again. Um, so here comes my ham-handed segue. One of the things that I watched recently, and I actually paid the $4 to rent it, was Salem's Lot. The original film? 1979 with David Soul. David Soul. Starsky. Starsky. I don't remember. Uh, he's but, yeah, he's one of them. And um, yeah, and uh, it was so interesting to watch it again because... Uh, it actually plays pretty well for 1979. Yeah, I don't. Um, I'm sure I saw the movie a really long time ago, way before I read the book. Um, it's funny because Salem's Lot was the first book. It was the first Stephen King book I read, but it was the first book that I read when I kind of got back into him. You know, I read a couple of the novellas back in like the early 90s, and I didn't start reading his stuff regularly until about 15 years ago because of a friend of mine who's a huge fan. And that was the first one. That was the one that I kicked off. No, I take that back. The Dead Zone was the one that I, I saw and then or I read. And then right after that, it was Helm's Lot. Um, both really good books, though. Um, it's I think it's, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where I would put that among, you know, like, if I'm going to rank Stephen King. It's not one of my favorites, but it's a solid book. And it's one of the early ones, right? It was probably yes. the third or fourth book. Yes. And yeah. um, I just read it a couple years ago. And... You know, I read like bits and pieces of it, or and I read the the Salem's Lot short story in Night Shift, um, but uh, you know I hadn't seen the movie in years, maybe not since it first came out. But I remember the kid floating outside the window in his yep. own fog bank, scared the living shit out of me, and yep. it still plays. It, it really that uh, there's a couple of scenes that really play very well. And the thing that gets me though is I, in reading the book, I had Ben Mears much younger. And I thought David Soul was was just a, a twitch too old to play that part. Um, okay. But um, and I the one thing I didn't understand, and you know me and vampires, right? So, um, we're, we're, we go way back. And uh, the thing that got me was in the book. There's no real description of Kurt Barlow, and other than you know that he's not really that different from you or I, and in the movie. It was very much a Nosferatu-looking uh, character, even with like blue skin, and uh, you didn't get the impression he was some sort of uh, criminal mastermind, which, which right. in, in effect, he really was, as he was uh, spreading the vampirism across uh, the town of Jerusalem's lot. But um, 
so you and I talk about this all the time. We've talked about it ever since you started guesting on the show. Um, we like to read. We like to read books. Um, we like to read lots of different things. And I don't know if you want to call it a competition or not, but you and I are always, you know, comparing how many books we've completed, how many we've read. Um, so last year, the whole year, I read all of nine books. And I started a couple and didn't finish them, uh, you know, set them on the pile to come back to. Um, so far this year, I have finished, started and finished 12 books. And I'm in the middle That's of... pretty good. Yeah, I'm in the middle of 13 already. Um, and I've read everything from uh, Lord of the Flies to uh, Mr. Be Gone by Clive Barker to Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead, which you really need to read. Um, yeah. A collection of short stories by Laird Barron. I read Pet Cemetery. Finally, I read Sleeping Beauties by Stephen and Owen King. Um, the last two years, I've read uh, five Stephen King novels and or or you know stories. And you know, I, I think I've finally made the decision to try to read everything he's ever written. And I think I'm going to yeah. read read a couple of things beforehand and then i'm gonna binge stephen king until i'm done with it that's good yeah it's it's something that i think i will probably eventually do because i think i'm about halfway there i think i've read about half of his books because he's written i want to say it's around 50 and i've read probably close to 25 um and i think what's interesting about that is that um it's it's kind of easy to do because his work falls into a lot of different genres so if you're going to binge stephen king you know, people might say, oh, so how can you read that much horror all at once? Well, as you and I know, he's not limited to horror, despite what a lot of people think. So I kind of like the fact that he's, if, if you're not in the mood for horror, he's probably got something else that you would like, you know, or if you're more into short stories, he's got a ton of short story collections. I think you were talking about Night Shift the other day, which is a great collection. Um, so I think it's it's great how he has this very wide and varied, um, uh, you know, uh, collection and um, yeah so and I think I'm gonna probably it's been a couple of years I think the last Stephen King book I read I want to say it was oh it was one of the Dark Tower books and it was like maybe two years ago so I'm overdue for some more Stephen King um, I'm not sure which one I'm gonna read next though yeah it's so many of them it's funny because you know we adopted this kitten in December and we named him Church um, he's uh, a long haired tabby kind of kind of has Maine Coon to him um, and so, uh, my wife ordered me a copy of Pet Cemetery, and I'd never read it. I've seen every movie, the two movie adaptations. I've seen the, the sequel to the first one, uh, but never, never read the book. And the author introduction to this copy is really interesting, um, talking about um, kind of the the cat that inspired Church, talking about how his own son almost got killed by a truck on that road, and that's what inspired the the story. Um, you know, the thing that I wrote my blog about my most recent one was, and you and I've talked about it before, but it bears repeating that, you know, we talk, talk about the Marvel cinematic universe and, and me being a universal horror fan going all the way back to, um, you know, Phantom of the Opera in 1925, Dracula and Frankenstein in 31, the Wolfman in 41, uh, and all the sequels you know, the mummy in 1932 and all the sequels that went with that. Um, probably the next 
universe, multiverse, aside from comic books, which DC and Marvel created their own comic book multiverses, you know, from like the 30s, 40s, or 50s on. Um, but the next um, true multiverse was created by Stephen King, and it started with a book called Carrie in 1973 or four. Yes. Um, sure. And it encompasses, you know, uh, movies, short stories, novels, novellas, you name it. And, you know, it, it starts with Carrie and it comes all the way to today where a new collection of novellas comes out at the end of the month called um, If It Bleeds. And I've already ordered it and it'll be here when it comes out. So that's a collection of novellas. It's like a different seasons kind of thing where it's like four novellas or something like that. Or yeah, or something like Full Dark, No Stars kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was yeah, that was also, which was really good. I don't yes. know if you read Full oh, Dark. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have that, yeah. At um, 1922 and, uh, sprang uh, from that. Different Seasons is, is one of my, that's like top five Stephen King for me. And then uh, there's another, oh, Four Past Midnight, which I think, didn't you and I talk about that? I have it. I haven't Actually, read it. So here. I picked it up yeah. like at either Half Price Books or somewhere like that for a song. So um, and, and that's the, that contains one of the stories is The Langoliers, yes. which is a hilarious movie to watch, unintentionally hilarious. Oh, oh God, it was so bad. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but it was just—it was fun to watch because it's just like it's kind of almost like mystery science theater. It's just like you know the the the, the effects were horrible. Like yes, the, the monsters were like chewing up the scenery. Oh yeah, just literally, it was awful. Literally, yeah. literally, yeah, uh, yeah. So the acting was was not particularly good. Um, no, but uh, I'd be interested to actually read that particular novella because. At its heart, it's a really good story. It's just not, tra- it wasn't translated very well to, as a miniseries. Right. Um, but, uh, and there were a couple other, wasn't there another one in Four Past Minutes that was made into a movie, uh, Secret Window? I yes, think. yes. And that was yeah. with Johnny Depp and John Turturro. And John and, Turturro, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm um, interested to read that because the movie was was uneven at best. Yeah, I didn't see the movie. I, I did, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's an understated performance by Johnny Depp. Um, which is probably a good thing. And, yeah. and you know, I don't know. Turturro was probably miscast in it. Yeah, um, which is too bad because he's such a great actor. Yes, agreed. And uh, so I, I'd like to, to see what the uh, the story treatment is is for that one. Um, you're listening to the Get the Knack podcast. I'm Jerry Knack, and I'm joined by my good friend uh, Chris Ingalls, who is, is a big deal with popmatters.com. Um, so... <laughs> Um, Sleeping Beauties is one that I had no intention to read like ever. And a friend of mine gave it to me recently and said, you know what? Let me see what this is all about. And it was surprisingly good. And, um, shockingly enough, it's about a global pandemic. Yeah. Eh. Um, Who knew? right. Um, a lot of people say Dean Koontz kind of predicted it with a story he wrote like in 81 or 82, but He's even yeah, come out and that. yeah, he's even come out himself and and said, "No, I'm not Nostradamus. Um, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Exactly. Imagine being responsible for predicting this. Get the fuck out of my house. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but one of the books that I've read recently that uh, I, I found very, very interesting and very different was Mister Be Gone by Clive Barker, and I've been a Clive Barker fan for a long, long time. I finally read The Hellbound Heart, uh, which is what Hellraiser is based on. And Mr. Be Gone is a memoir of a demon written in first okay. person. And it's just flat out different. 
and it's it's totally if you, if you like the macabre it, it's definitely worth the it's it's short 250 pages it's it's not you know um a tome um and i got through it in one sitting and i really enjoyed that um there's there's plenty of stuff to read city lights bookstore in san francisco just raised three hundred fifty thousand dollars basically in a day on a gofundme because they were going to go out of business i read i read about that i didn't read about the gofundme but i read that they were in trouble but it's good to see that they have some fundraising behind them that's good and yeah. it was a great store yep lawrence ferlinghetti just turned 101 um and for those of you who are listening don't know who that is he's the guy who started city lights books and and basically the publishing house and he's the guy that took a chance on printing the beats especially howl uh the the epic poem by uh by ginsburg um that uh you know the uh, they had to fight uh, obscenity charges and you know it, it's it's basically you know kind of the uh, the dawn of 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 uh, mid to late twentieth century American literature and Ferlinghetti is is one of the great figures uh, behind the the beat generation and the beat movement and uh, the guy's still kicking he's still writing and and you know more power to him so um, yeah and. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, I'm in the middle of book 13. It's something called Mr. X by Peter Straub. I had never read anything by Peter Straub. Um, I own Black House, which he co-wrote with Stephen King. But, yeah. uh, unbeknownst to me, that's a sequel to The Talisman. Now i got to go back and read The Talisman. Talisman was also co-written by them, right? Yes. The same. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I haven't read, I haven't read that. The only Peter Straub I read was called uh, uh, The Hellfire Club, which was uh, pretty good. Um uh, I mean, it's a good, you know, it's got a really good villain in it. Um, I've heard that Straub stuff is kind of hit or miss. He's written some stuff that's kind of blah, but he's also written some really good stuff. How is how is this book so far? Thick. Um, <laughs> so like a, a doorstop kind of thing? Well, yeah, besides being a boat anchor, um, it's uh, the language is thick. A lot of description. You know, I like a good mix of description, action, and dialogue, right? I like a balance between the three. You know, don't go Charles Dickens on me. Um, but this, it's 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 hitting its stride about the midpoint of the book. Um, okay. So hopefully it's, it's going to drive from there to the end. Um, it's it's different. Um, a lot of Lovecraft influence. Um one of the uh, the well the the antagonist is driven by Lovecraft stories. It's kind of interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Basically, takes Lovecraft as the gospel, calls him the master in providence, um, and and basically thinks that the Cthulhu mythos is real. It's a thing, and you know bases wow. like all his life choices on that. So, um, yeah, it's different. Um, it's a bit of a mystery. It's. Um, it's set uh, just outside of Chicago in Edgerton, Illinois. Um, yeah, it's just different. Um, but um, yeah, since I own Black House, I'm not going to read that until I get to Talisman. I'm going to read that. Um, right. You know, there's there's a a great chart online. I don't know if you've looked at it. That shows how interconnected the Stephen King universe is. I haven't read it, but I've, I know that that's floating around out there, and I'd be I'd be really interested to see that because I mean it is quite a quite a universe, and you know the way that all these books are interconnected, and then you and then you got to bring in Dark Tower, which is yeah. kind of its own universe, but Dark Tower is referenced in books that are not in the Dark Tower series, I and vice that. versa. Yeah, and like like Insomnia uh, mentions Dark Tower. Um, 
which is weird because it's, I don't think Insomnia is like a fantasy book so much because I think it's set in Derry, Maine, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. It's funny. I'm actually looking at my copy of Insomnia that's on the bookshelf, but I haven't read it yet. I got a hard copy, uh, hardcover copy of it at a library sale because it's, you know, talk about a doorstop. Mm. Um, I haven't read it yet. I heard that it's a bit of a challenge, but um, I'll probably read it eventually. I don't know. I want to, I want to try again uh, to read uh, Under the Dome because I have that. And that's a, like a thousand pages or something like that. But it's an interesting story. You know, the plot is kind of unique. But um, yeah, there's so much King to read. And even if you've read a lot of it, you know, there's probably still more to read. You know, I talked about The Dark Half with you and you said that that's one of your favorites. Oh, yeah. It's probably my my absolute favorite Stephen King book. It's funny. I remember reading it and I was trying to predict what was going to happen. I'm like, this book's so predictable. I'm done with Stephen King. And then you get to the next chapter. You're like, oh, shit. Um, he kept yeah. throwing curveballs at me throughout the entire book. And just when you thought you had it figured out, you didn't. And um, I really enjoyed it. The, the movie is okay. Timothy Hutton uh, plays a dual role. Um, and it, I think it could have been better, but it, the pitch is right. Um, you know, it was definitely better than Needful Things, which was a terrible movie. Fantastic book. Um, yeah. I think one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and read some of the stuff that I, I read, say, you know, 25, 30 years ago and read it again. And, sure. you know, I, The Dark Half, Needful Things, Bag of Bones. Uh, I never read The Stand. I have a copy of it. Um, Same here. Well, and, I've, I've started... <laughs> I started that book a few times and I've gotten as far as page like 250, which isn't really that much right. when you consider the fact that the full version is like 1400 pages long. I think it's a really good book. It's just that I always get to the point where it's just like 250 pages into it. And I'm like, I really want to read something else now. I'm okay with this. You know, it's like, it's like, it's a great story, but Jesus enough already. Yeah. Um, I think event, I mean, eventually I will read it. I think it's a great story. It's kind of a weird story to be reading now, but, um, but still, a great. I think it's it's you know it's an epic. You know, it's a yeah. huge, huge book, and it's got a great story. Um, I mean, I made it through it. I can read the stand. Yeah, and and it, <laughs> you know, the thing about reading it is there. There's a dogged determination that you have to have to get through that damn thing. It, yeah. It's the longest thing I've ever read in my life, and yeah. uh, it's almost 1,200 pages, and yeah. it's it's worth every word. And even sure. though it was, you know, this cocaine fueled nightmare, um, you know, <laughs> that, that and Tommy knockers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he, he has no, I think he has no recollection of writing the Tommy knockers. Did you hear that? Yeah. I've heard so, that. Talk about was, another bad movie adaptation. Was it a mini series or was it a, was it a movie? No, it was a movie or it might've been a two part mini series. Um, it was, um, golden years, which was turned into a series. Okay. And and I yeah. and I don't know if that was ever in in novella or novel form, um, but I remember seeing like the first two episodes of that, thinking it was just a two part miniseries. Apparently, there's like seven episodes of the damn thing. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I don't know if Tommy Knockers was a miniseries or if it was just, a, but it was definitely made for TV. Wasn't it like Jimmy Smits? Jimmy Smits was in it. And yeah. I don't remember who else? But he was the only. He was like the lead character. I yep. Think. Yeah, um, and everybody thought and, he was nuts. Uh, 
Yeah, it was it was it was funny because I, I actually did start reading that book um, a couple of years ago, and it was right about the time that a lot of really bad shit was happening with like Kim Jong Un in North Korea and Tommy Knockers references nuclear war okay. a lot and i was like yeah i'm not gonna read this right now <laughs> right there's something about sometimes when something hits home a little bit too much it's like yeah i think i want a bit more of a diversion and the yeah. thing about the stand is that a lot of people are making say oh covid19 is like the stand no the no. stand killed you know the stand virus kills 99 percent of the people who are infected with it yeah, it's did, not the coronavirus did you, you see did you see the the graphic online that that somebody said that and said, "Yeah, oh, this is just like the stand." And Stephen King goes, "No, this isn't like the stand at all." And the guy replied to him, "Did you even read that book? <laughs> like he didn't know who he was talking to." I was like, "Are you yes, fucking kidding fact, me?" I did read it. Eh, yeah, I might have had something to do with it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I gotta go back and read The Shining. I've never read read the book. I've seen the movie, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. It's I've, a good book. I've I've read Doctor Sleep, um, yeah. which yeah. Uh, is a totally different type of story than than uh, The Shining. It's not so mm-hmm. much a ghost story as The Shining was. Um, right. You know, I'm 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 looking at my reads from the last two years or so, um, and God, I read some happy, fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I think we haven't noticed. Right? Uh, I write fun, happy things, too. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's just, you know, there's whatever you choose to do to get through uh, what's been happening. You know, stay at home, work at home, educate at home. My, my whole thing with, with all the folks that are trying to do distance learning and homeschool their kids, you fuckers don't know the difference between your and your and their, their, and their, okay? So I don't know how the hell they're homeschooling their kids. And then the two that was did you read about this thing about the um, two space uh, sentence? Yes, uh, yes, I'm gonna shout it from the rooftops. I've been saying this for years. Screw you, yeah. two space people. Yeah, exactly. Well, God, I think, I think I think that goes all the way back for me. Anyway, anyway, it goes all the way back to Dentos because I'm pretty sure that that's how they taught it. They taught one space. They must have because that's what I've been doing all along. Yeah, and, and me me getting my my real professional career going after the Navy. Um, was all web development. So um, I've been doing one space for 25 years, right? That's so you should. Right. So, um, and I don't even, I, God, I don't remember typing class. I really don't. And I, I know I took it. Um, but no, I've always been a one space person. And yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it looks better. It um, makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, it's just like all you people think freaking toilet paper grows under. It goes over, damn it. And one space, not two spaces after a period. Yeah, I think people get, I think people make a, the toilet paper thing. I'm indifferent to it, but I know I'm in the minority. Yes, you are. It's a, it, it's, it's divided the country. Uh, it really has. Yeah, apparently. Apparently there is a, um, a patent application drawing that, that, goes back to the dawn of the toilet paper on a roll and it shows over as the way to do it. So to me, that's, that's the end of the discussion. All right. You convinced me. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, um, whatever, whatever your, your proclivities are, whether it's watching movies, binging television shows, reading books, writing books. God, I wish I, I'm, that's the one thing I haven't done as much as I'd like to is really get back to writing. Not, you know, cause I've, I've had the time. 
Um, I, I wrote 3000 words last night, which was great. Um, but, um, it's there for you. And, and you, you, you said it earlier is technology makes this easy. If this was the 1970s, we'd be playing rock, paper, scissors until a fist fight broke out. Um, or pong, you know, yeah, pong, pong, yeah, pong. We'd be throwing tennis balls up against a garage door all day. Yeah, um, exactly. you know, playing with, uh, balsa wood airplanes and, um, yeah, we'd be bored out of our minds. Um, but um, technology makes it a little easier to get through. It makes it easy for people to work at home. Um, but, um, you know, when it comes to, to other stuff, comes to music, you know, I have basically uh, an Alexa in every room. Um, so I, I always wanted whole house audio, but I didn't think that's how I was going to get it. Um, but um, I don't, I, and, you know, you have forgotten more about music than I'll ever know when it, when it comes to just music knowledge, uh, the people in the industry, and, and just the playing of music. And I guess, I don't know, I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but until CBS Sunday Morning did a story on the guy what, a year or two ago, I had no idea who John Prine was. Right. And unfortunately, yeah. um, John Prine, who, who was um, a, a big force in music, uh, passed away this past week. You yeah. can you can take the ball and run with it from there. <laughs> well, it's funny because I've actually you know I, I have not been I'm not the biggest expert on his music. I I know bits and pieces of it, and what I've told a friend of mine uh, not too long ago was that I don't know a lot about his music, but everything I've heard I really like. And he's one of those people who's very respected as a singer songwriter, and one of those people that like. He's sort of like a songwriter, songwriter. He's just really good and um, just very, very vivid, like lyric writing and things like that. And he's one of these people that was touted in the early 70s as sort of like one of the new Bob Dylans, you know, like he's he's the next wave. And I think that he's, he's um, uh, you know, he's kind of obscure, certain, certainly not a mainstream singer, songwriter. But if you like someone like Dylan who writes these very sort of novelistic uh, uh, lyrics, um, you know, that's the kind of thing that he was really into. And, and you know, I think if people are really interested in checking him out, there's obviously plenty of ways to do that. I mean, whether it's Spotify or whatever. Um, I, I, you know, like I said, I'm not an expert on his stuff, but uh, just a really good sort of like a, you know, very uh, sharp lyric writer and, and sort of in more like a folk uh, uh, genre. Um, and that's kind of like my... That's my cliff notes on him because I'm not, like I said, I'm not an expert, but there's plenty of really good stuff. And he was the kind of person who wrote songs that other people covered. You know, he's one of those guys who was kind of known more as like someone who other people would interpret his songs. Although he wrote, he, he released a lot of albums. In fact, um, and, he, and he was, and he, I think was, went through a lot of health issues over the past several years, you know, cancer and things like that. And so unfortunately he was highly susceptible to COVID-19 because of these, um, underlying uh, conditions and all that so right. that kind of makes it even more difficult and you know uh we're losing a lot of well not necessarily a lot of people um to this i know that there's been a lot of people who have tested positive you know people like tom hanks and stuff like that and they've recovered but unfortunately that's not the case with everybody because um you know i guess you know if the older you are and the more sort of underlying conditions you have the more susceptible you are to it but i would i you know i would definitely i, I would say um if the closest thing I can get to a recommendation for prize that his first album, the self-titled album is very, very good. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just really good songwriting. Very, very reminiscent of Dylan. Um, is, is a really good, I think, uh, 
comparison that I would make. Gotcha. Hang in there with us, folks. We got a little bit more. This is going to be a long episode. (laughs) Uh, You're listening to the Get the Knack podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Knack, and I'm joined by my good friend, Chris Ingalls. Uh, Coffee Cofferton over there uh, in Massachusetts. Um, I don't have a fever. Yay. Um, You know, we were talking about it via text earlier today a little bit. Um, Speaking of music uh, and also binging or watching stuff uh, via streaming, Showtime has a documentary about New Order that came out in December available. They also have one about Duran Duran. And you mentioned via text that there's one about XTC that I hadn't heard about. Right. Well, that one came out. That's been out for a couple of years. Uh, it's called This Is Pop. And it wasn't necessarily produced by Showtime. I think it was produced some like independently or something like that. And then Showtime, it, it became like an exclusive Showtime like in the States uh, in terms of uh, to, for screening or whatever. Um, I haven't seen it. I don't have Showtime. Um, should be an interesting documentary. I've heard good things about it. Of course, very interesting band, a band that went through a lot of different, you know, personal changes and genres and stuff like that and are essentially no more. Uh, so I don't really know anything about it other than I've heard good things about it. And as a fan of the band, uh, I would, I would want to see that as soon as possible. Yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. Here's my recommendation to you because what's happening is even if you don't have a subscription to some of these premium channels, They've made a lot of their content available on demand. So I don't get Showtime. However, if I tell my fancy remote voice activated, if I say New Order, the New Order documentary appears and it says play free to me. So try that with different titles you want to watch, whether it be a movie or show documentary, because... um, there's a, a new show coming out on Showtime at the end of the month. It's the new Penny Dreadful. And I'm hoping they make that available without a subscription. Um, it's set in Los Angeles. It's, uh, you know, set in the 30s, kind of that Black Dahlia aesthetic. Yeah, sure. um, so I'm hoping to catch that without having to renew my, my Showtime subscription. But, um, yeah, and also, and also the thing is, is that, and this isn't necessarily the same thing as on demand, but you know, I have Hulu with the HBO add-on, so I don't have HBO, but as a Hulu subscriber, I can basically watch pretty much anything that HBO offers, just not live. You know, I watch it live the next day, and that's how I watch John Oliver, and that's how I watch uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and <clears throat> excuse me, Avenue Fives, which is hilarious if you haven't seen it. I watched the first episode of it and kind of bailed on it after that. It wasn't uh, wasn't my flavor. Not your thing. No. Yeah. I wanted to uh, like it. I kind of liked yeah. the premise, right? Yeah. But it's mm. interesting though that the the premise that they would take take something like that, this sort of sci fi thing, and turn it into this like weird comedy. Um, and I, and also I think the cast, you know, was something that I really attracted me to it because you know I love Hugh Laurie. I think he's great. <clears throat> and. Uh, Uh, you might have, you, I think it's been been like canceled. So I think you're the only one that watched it. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I, I haven't even seen the um the the whole season yet. Uh, I watched the first like three episodes. You know, I haven't really been, as I mentioned before, I haven't really had a whole lot of time to binge, despite the fact that 
you know, everybody stay at home. But um, I, I am looking forward to getting back into a couple of things like, um, you know, like like Better Call Saul. You know, the, the, the latest season is, is out and I haven't watched it yet. I'm also a little bit behind on Fargo. i got to watch season three because season four, I think, is starting this month. No, they delayed it. I looked it up today, as a matter of fact, because I was wondering the same thing. They didn't finish it. So they had to suspend production, and yeah, so they've delayed the release. Oh, I know, because I was looking forward to it, too. Um, Chris Rock is in the news. Yes, yes, he is. It's like a mafia type Like a gangster story, thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking. I saw the first two seasons, which I loved. Haven't seen the third season yet. Um, that was the one with you and McGregor, I think. Yep. Yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta catch that. Um, it's really good. All three seasons are, are really good. You gotta watch a third season of the center, even though um, it's it's all over the place. It's mm. you know Harry's losing his marbles, um, but um, but it's worth watching. Matt Bomer's in it. Matt Bomer was in uh, uh, American Horror Story: The Hotel Season with Lady Gaga. Uh, right. And uh, he played Lady Gaga's boy toy in that one. Um, I loved the first two seasons of The Center. I thought it was just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I it was, and I was able to binge that. I watched that. I was homesick a few days for a few days last fall, and I ended up binging two seasons in like two days or three days or something. And it was, it, it was, it was like the same thing with Mindhunter. It's like as soon as one episode is over, boom! I got to keep watching because it's so good. Yep. So um, even if it's a little lower in quality than the first two seasons, I'll probably still watch it just because I love the premise. Yeah, and I and yeah. I like Bill Pullman. I, I like the Harry Ambrose yeah. character, and yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, I yeah, like that yeah, flawed detective. It, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a cliche, but if it's done right, it's okay. You know. Yeah, and it takes part in uh, upstate New York, north of New York City, which is you know I, I think a part of the that that part of the world that doesn't uh, get any airtime. You know, it's never talked about. So yeah. um, it's pretty up that way, and. Uh, so yeah, there's uh, there's plenty of plenty to watch, read. Um, you know, if you're gonna uh, buy books, try to buy local. Most local bookstores, uh, independent bookstores, uh, will will kind of personal shop for you, um, or you can yeah. order through them. You know, so if you you have the opportunity to uh, uh, support your local independent bookstore, uh, by all means, do that. Um, I personally have 250 books in the house and still buy more. Um, but, as, uh, as, as most of us do. <laughs> so we do. Um, but yeah, I have all the time in the world to read those. We're going to read them all before we die. Right. I think so. Uh, you know, and then I'm going to buy more. Um, I hope so. Yes. But you know, I think, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to, uh, binge Stephen King after I read, uh, a few more things, probably about five more, five more, maybe six more books. Uh, and then I'm going to, uh, I've got Carrie sitting on my nightstand, not, yep. not the girl, but the book. Um, <laughs> that would be weird. Yeah, that would be weird. Um, you know, she, she makes things move with her mind. I don't need that in my life. Um, so I'm going to, you know, probably read that next. I'll, I'll read, um, the new one when I get it, which is the, um, uh, if it bleeds. Uh, yep. I've got four past midnight. I've got the next three or four in the Dark Tower series. I've got plenty of Stephen King right here in the house that I don't have to buy anything yet. Uh, it's the same with me. I, I don't have not as many as you do. I still have. I've only read the first three 
um, Dark Towers, and I have the fourth one. I have Under the Dome, I have Insomnia, I have Desperation, mm. um, Bizarre Bad Dreams, which... Did I've you got that. You it? No, I haven't. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. got, like, halfway through the first story, and then I'm like, ah, I'm going to go read something else. Speaking of short story collections, I mean, one of his earlier short story collections, besides Night Shift, which is, you know, great, is uh, Nightmares and Dreamscapes, which um, I also have. And um, I'm looking forward to cracking that one open. Yeah, that's the thing is that, you know, and a lot of the uh, Stephen King books that I have that I haven't read yet are hardcovers that I got at library sales. Mm. And um, so they're just taking up space. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's so much of his stuff to read, and it's in so many different genres that, uh, you know, I think binging is a great thing with him because you're never really going to be bored. Um, I've never read the Stephen King book that I just flat out hated. There's a couple that I wasn't crazy about. But I think they all have something to offer. Yeah, I think the the only one, it, and it was Mr. Mercedes. There's there's a, a measure of lazy writing in there, but beyond oh, and, that's a, and that's like a trilogy too. Yeah, and I have the next one. I have um, Finders Keepers. Um, yeah, and then End of Watch is the third one. I right. right. I yeah. I wanted to kind of go one at a time with that to see if I liked them, but now I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to get the third one because I'm gonna read everything. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've read on writing, I got to get, um, you know, dance macabre, uh, at some yeah. point. And so it's, um, it, it'll be a daunting task, but, but you know, the stuff that the great thing about King is his stuff's available, right? Oh, yeah. it's, it's not like yeah, you got to go, you know, I got to go crawling on the floor in some, some obscure bookstore in the middle of nowhere trying to find the, something. The only thing of his that I believe that is out of print because he deliberately took it out of print is one of the early Richard Bachman novellas called Rage. Yep. And it's about, a, it's about a school shooting. Yes. And he took it out of, out of print with Sandy Hook and everything, I think. So, um, and that was actually one of the first things of his I ever read. I read two of the Richard Bachman novellas when I was in Diego Garcia. So this was like 30 years ago. And um, I thought Rage was pretty good. Uh, the Long Walk, I still think, is one of the best things he's ever written. So if you get a chance to read that, it's fantastic. Yeah, I hear good things about that. And, yeah, it's uh, really, really good. Yeah, so um, and I kind of and I kind of predicted reality TV. Of course, it did. <laughs> as as he like, does, as yeah. he, he does stuff like that. He, does, yeah. he predicts viruses. He predicts all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it, there. There's tons of stuff. Even if, and that's why I try to tell people, you know, and, and we make the point all the time. He's not just a horror writer. That uh, right. there, there's, you know, there's ghost stories, there's werewolves, there's vampires, there's, um, you know, history, there's, um, there's all kinds of stuff. And yeah. um, there's something for everybody in that, in that multiverse. And, you know, I just happen to like all the, the scary stuff. Um, I do know I'm sure. never, never going to move to Maine and I might not visit there either. <laughs> well, his work is done then. Well, that's where Dave Sawyer's <laughs> from, so... Dave Sawyer content. Yes. That's great. Zing. Uh, we got our Stephen <laughs> you King. Need to, you, need, you need to tell Dave that we mentioned him. So now he's going to have to go all the way like 80 minutes into the, into this episode. Oh yes, he is. Him. He's going to have to go an hour and 14 minutes in <laughs> and to find his reference. Oh Dave. I'll, I'll tell Dave, I'll ask him, were your ears burning? We were talking about you. Freaking <laughs> Dave. Uh, I have seen Dave more recently than you have. So, That's right. You know. I saw him in 1995. I was living in Virginia. He was at Didfo's instructor training. And we saw Matthew Sweet. Ah. 
All right. Got you. I saw him in 2017 along with Jim Mason Foley and Pat Malone on a trip you were supposed to make. <laughs> yes. Yes. If if we're not all dead before then, uh, you know. Or, or walking around with um, with you know ventilator buckets on our heads. Yeah, let's let's definitely open that. Chris, uh, as we always do, we uh, talk about what you got in the uh, works at www.popmatters.com. What's happening? Uh, 
the problem with book reviews is that I'll see something that's available to review and I'll say, this looks really interesting. I'm going to review this. And then by the time I get the copy in the mail, I'm like, eh, I don't think I want to read this. Now. <laughs> but, but I've made a commitment. I'm like, well, now I have to read it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like I'm, being I'm, in high school again. Where did you exactly. read like, the catcher like, in the rye like, all over again? Yeah. So, um, I mean, the good news is, is that I'm not usually disappointed by the book, but it's just like, when I pick it up, I'm like, I don't really feel like reading this. I'm usually happy by the, when I'm done with it because I'm like, yeah, that was a good book. But um, it, it, it makes reading less of a pleasure and more of like a job. And so I'm trying to stay away from those. But the music reviews, um, you know, I am actually, uh, uh, I have a couple of things that I haven't heard back from whether or not I got approval to write them out, so I probably shouldn't say anything. But um, again, um, just trying to cover stuff that's a little, little more out there. And, uh, you know, um, like I said, if you if you are looking for a way to support these artists, uh, it's always a good idea if you have the means to buy physical product because they make a lot more money. Um, the thing about Spotify that sucks, as much as I love Spotify because it's super convenient, they they the royalties are shit. You know, they don't get paid very much, um, and that's why I always recommend people go to Bandcamp, which is they, they they're much more generous to their to the to the artists in terms of like compensation. So that's a little plug for them. Uh, but it's it's a tough time for people who are in a, a business that depends on audiences, you know. So, I mean, we've all seen the mon the late night monologues that are being done from you know their their homes, and uh, you know, artists don't really have the ability to do that except for free. You know, they can do free Facebook Live things, but they're not getting paid. So, yeah, that's it. That's my that's my soapbox. Well, Good Morning America is putting people on like you know these these performances and they're lip synced for fuck's sake. So <laughs> I, you know, good morning America does a little concert series. They have people on, they lip sync in studio. Now they're lip syncing via FaceTime and zoom. I don't understand what the hell's going on. Just stop doing it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't aware that that was happening, but that's, that's pretty pathetic. And then Backstreet Boys. <clears throat> Did something, yes, did something also, you know, like a remote performance, the five of them or whatever, uh, and they lip-synced that too! It's like, well, y'all couldn't sing anyway, so, you know, freaking whatever. Just, I, I find these, these um, you know, FaceTime or Zoom or Skype performances that these folks are doing kind of weird. Yeah. They just come across as strange. And then... They had Harry Connick Jr. on the other morning on, I think it was live with, uh, um, I was about to say Regis and Kelly, but no, it's Kelly and Ryan, and um, thanks for the water running, and um, oh, yeah, um, washing your hands for the 45th time today. Uh, um, no, no, I'm actually just getting a drink of water. Oh, there you go. Go on. Um, and uh, Harry Connick, he had, I don't know, he had like a, a 2004 flip phone that he was streaming the video from. I, it was just awful. It's like, come on. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, Harry. Yeah. So what I, that's the other thing, too, and it, we'll, we'll kind of end it on this. Um, daytime television sucks really bad, but what I found is the quality from program to program, even on the same network... Um, what, did you knock over one of your kids' Lego contraptions? What are you doing? No, I was, I was, th I was throwing a can of beer in the recycling. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is a show. 
I'm talking about bad production value on the network television, and you're over here making all kinds of fucking noise. That was that was that was deliberate. I was, uh, I was making okay. it as an example. Gotcha. Anyway, it's even on the same network, the quality from program to program varies wildly. And you know, some look like they're shooting off their cell phones. Some look like they actually have a professional camera and lavalier microphones, and they look good and sound good. Mm-hmm. I don't quite understand. If you're going to do it for one, why aren't you doing it for the rest of them? Nah, it's a mystery. If or, you, I mean, this is all this is uncharted territory. You remember the 1989 Batman? Sure. You remember? You remember they couldn't buy hygiene products because the Joker had tainted them all and the news anchors were looking really, really rough? <laughs> that's what's happening right now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mostly just watch, you know, I don't I don't really tech, you know, I don't really watch broadcast TV and I generally just kind of like watch Good for you. the next day. Yeah, well, you know. And, um, and yeah, so I've been watching like the stuff that I usually watch is you know, Seth Meyers and John Oliver and Colbert, and it's usually just like the monologues, and it's it's just so weird seeing them do their monologues, not only in their homes, but there's no audience, and it just feels weird, but, um, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, this is something that we've never had to deal with before, so people are just sort of like winging it. It's a, it's a wing it, what did you say, what's, what's Gerhardt saying? Rich Gerhardt said it's a wing it production. It's a wing it production. Absolutely. Oh. Well, speaking of wing it, go watch Tiger King, and and you want to gouge your own eyes out after that. Uh, I don't think I'm going to watch Tiger King. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I know that most of the people I know who watch it watch it because it's just like a train wreck. Yep. It's just a guilty pleasure. I just, I don't know. I just feel like I have better things to do with my time. I don't mean to sound like a no. Well, you yeah, do. I mean to sound like a snob. But you, you, you do. I, you know, I'd rather cut my toenails. But it so just. You haven't seen it. Or oh, I've watched seen it? every second of it. I couldn't tear oh. myself away. It was that bad. I mean, okay. um, and what kills me is this Joe Exotic character is now a sympathetic figure, and he's absolutely awful. He's absolutely, he's a rotten human being. He's terrible. But oh yeah, the free Joe Exotic and somebody asked Trump at one of the press conferences the, the other day, are you going to consider pardoning Joe Exotic? Like, are you fucking just, kidding me? We, we kind of have other things to deal with. Just a couple. I, you know. Did you see, speaking of train wrecks, did you see those, um, those, uh, fire festival documentaries? No. Did you watch? No. Oh, you got to check those out. I mean, there's one was on, there was a Netflix one and there was a Hulu one and really, really interesting story about just this music festival that was just like a complete, I don't know if you know the background behind it, but a little bit train wreck. Yeah, definitely check those out. It, they're, they're both really good, but um, that just reminded me of that because it's just like, you know, you're basically like watching, you know, a, a train wreck. It's like, oh my God, how could this get any worse? But um, yeah, Tiger King, I don't think I'm there yet. I don't think I'm that desperate for entertainment. Well, you know, you you let your wife cut your hair. You've colored your hair. I don't know how much further you got to go to be at Tiger that's King. That's it. That's that's as far as I'm going. I'm going all the way up to the to the to the edge of like the precipice, and then I'm just kind of like, that's it. I'm not actually going to watch the show. I'll cut my hair. I'll dye my hair. But um, <clears throat> I always said that when I did, if I decided to just for the hell of it do this thing with my hair, knowing my luck. They'd come out with a vaccine the next day, and then I'd have to go back to work like the next week. I'd go, hey, guys, what do you think of my hair? Um, <laughs> but uh, that hasn't happened yet. It's already started to grow out a little bit, so I think 
can save. As far as some of the, the, the haircuts I've seen during this whole thing, you're at the, the upper echelon of, of looks okay. here, you know. Yeah. Good. Just good hear it. Yeah, don't 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 cut your own bangs is kind of the, the mantra <laughs> It's that's where we are with this. I'm I'm what was funny was I had just gotten my hair done like like a week before. And so I was good, good. you know, good. this lasted about six weeks. So I'm I'm right on the edge of needing a haircut right now. So well, hair clippers work like a charm, just saying. Floby Floby's stock went through the roof. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Well, you know, you get desperate times. Where's that guy from Ronco when you need him at 2 o'clock in the morning with the (laughs) fucking products? That's right. Guy had, like, the spray-on hair. and Now we got the guy with the rubberized, the can of uh, liquid rubber fixing everything. That's what we got. Phil Swift. That's who we got. We got Phil Swift. Who was the guy? Billy Mays. Billy Mays. He's dead. What was his thing? OxyClean? OxyClean. Billy Mays and OxyClean. Absolutely. Now we got... See, Phil Swift, he takes the liquid rubber, he fixes a boat. It's a Swift boat! (laughs) Nobody's come up with that yet! Yeah, you know. God, I'm ahead of my time here. Yeah. Marketing genius I am. It's a Swift boat. Pretty much. He fixed a boat with like a storm door screen. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Sprayed the liquid. Oh, he's doing whippets. That's what he's doing. <laughs> I think we've gone off. This is our longest show ever. We're almost to an hour and a half. I think we've gone off the rails here. Yeah, well, as, as it should be. As we do. As we do. <laughs> Chris, I want to tell you uh, and your family to uh, stay safe and healthy during this uh, international nightmare we're in the middle of here. You, you do the same. I will. Thank you. And... Uh, you know, hopefully we'll be back to normal before, uh, you know, sooner than later. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, we'll, uh, we'll get out there and we'll, we'll, we'll bump elbows with our fellow man once again. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Uh, no, I just, this is, you know, a lot of fun as always. And, uh, um, and if you're still listening, well, congratulations. <laughs> well, we got our, we got our Dave Thanks. Sawyer. We got our Rich Gearhart. Yep. We got, uh, we didn't break a VU meter. So thanks Friedrich. Yeah. Um, you know, very heavy on the, on the, on the Steve King content. I'm oh, pretty happy yeah. with that. We oh yeah. Really kind of went overboard there, but uh, in a good way. Yeah. Hopefully you've had a chance to read the blog. If you haven't, please do. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just kind of a, I didn't go in, into too too much detail. It was just you know kind of a uh, almost like a fanboy article, like you know um, yeah, give yeah, give yeah. this guy credit for what he's done. Um, sure. And uh, you know at some point I might you know dive into little capsules on some of the books I've read recently. But you got to read Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead seriously. Yeah, everybody everybody I know who has read it and has recommended it has recommended it you know very strongly. So it, it's it's on my list. That was another one sitting read. I couldn't put it down. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So again, not that long. It's somewhere between two hundred and two fifty, and and but yeah, it took me like four hours, and I couldn't, I couldn't stop reading it. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, I read Lord of the Flies. So which one are you, Ralph, Jack, Piggy, the twins? Who are you? That's the question. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's Ralph so these days. 
But yeah, I know, right? All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Get the Knack podcast for my good friend, Chris Ingalls. Check him out at www.popmatters.com. Check him out on Twitter at Ingalls1969. That's going to do it, as I said, for this edition. I have been Jerry Knack. We'll talk to you next time. Be safe and healthy throughout this global pandemic, folks. And vote blue. That's all I got to say about that one. Have a good one.